to the book of Mark and the fifth chapter um, this evening. Mark chapter number five, please. And uh, I want to share a simple thought with you tonight, and uh, we will uh, we'll do our best to give it to you uh, as quickly as possible. Mark chapter number five. I appreciate you being in church this evening. I love the church, and uh, I thank the Lord for his church. And uh, I'm grateful he's put one in my life, and uh, I'm grateful it's this one. I love the church. Amen. Mark chapter 5, I want to read 20 verses, so I'll not ask you to be standing or to stand, uh, I'll not ask you to be standing, uh, I'll not ask you to stand, we'll read these 20 verses together, I'll read them out loud, you read them uh, quietly, and we'll read, we'll read them together and then uh, pray and I'll share the simple thought that the Lord's put in my heart tonight, Mark chapter number 5. Uh, verse number one, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. You know, I love, I love this, this story. Uh, I love, and, and it's a true story, it's a Bible story. I love this story uh, because it is proof that there is no one too far that the Lord Jesus can't get them. We would look at this man, if we were living in this day and time, he's homeless. He is living uh, in the graveyard. Uh, he, is, uh, he is a hedonist because he's naked and unclothed. He is, uh, uh, he is wild as an animal. Uh, they've tried to chain him. They cannot chain him. They cannot control him. Uh, he is out of control. He's possessed by devils. Uh, and he is uh, inflicting pain and harm upon himself. And if we were living in this day with him, we would say, man, that guy's never going to, we wouldn't even invite him to church, you know. Now, that guy's never uh, going to get saved. That guy's going to die. And we might walk by and say, man, isn't that pitiful? Y'all look the other way. Of course we would. Uh, because of the situation he was in. Uh, but I love that story because it gives us insight uh, that there's no sinner that Jesus can't save. Uh, men, when you go down to the jail and preach, there's, there's, there's not one of them in there that Jesus can't save. Uh, there's, there's no one too far gone that Christ in mercy can't get them. If you've got a loved one you're praying for and you don't think it's ever going to happen, let me just encourage you tonight, keep on praying. If Jesus could save the demoniac of Gadara, Jesus can save anybody in your life that you're praying for. Amen. Uh, verse number uh, five, and always night and day was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. 
But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried. And if you'll, if you'll watch as we read our text tonight, you'll find that this man is doing some things. And then in the same story, in the same scene, the devils are doing some things. This man is talking at times and then the devils are talking at times. I'm not gonna get into all of that kind of stuff tonight, but I believe there have been times in my life when I have talked to individuals and I wasn't sure who I was talking to. I don't know if you've ever been confronted with that or faced with that, uh, but it is real. It's not hocus pocus. It's not a fairy tale. Uh, it is real. Uh, you probably ought to be mindful of what you allow in your life. I want to run that one by you again. We ought to be mindful of what we allow in our life. Um, he cried with a loud voice and said, Verse six, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answering, or he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Uh, he besought him much that he would not send them out uh, and he besought him much that he would not send them uh, away out of the country. Now there was nigh under the uh, mountains a great herd of swine feeding and all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to, to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Isn't that a blessing tonight? Sitting and clothed and in his right mind. I, I, I'm gonna make a statement tonight. I think you'll agree with it. If you don't, I, I believe it to be true anyhow, whether you agree with it or not. If Jesus saves you, there'll be some things he'll change in your life. None of us are perfect and none of us are as good as we would want everybody else to think that we are. And we all have fault and we all have failure and we all have a sin nature that is still very much alive and well tonight. But when Jesus saves you, uh, there will be some things that he will change in your life. He has clothes on, he is seated, and he is in his right mind. Uh, the Lord Jesus has fixed this man's uh, mental issue. Uh, I'm not saying tonight that everyone with mental issues uh, has this kind of issue that he has. But I will say this much tonight, if you have this kind of issue that he has, it will be accompanied by multiple mental issues. Uh, and he has faced this. I don't know how long that he has faced this. Uh, but Jesus has saved him. Jesus has touched him. 
And now he is seated and clothed and in his right mind. And the Bible said, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Isn't, isn't that, uh, we're just reading and, and talking tonight. Isn't that uh, about like society? Uh, that they're afraid of the man uh, who brought life. They're afraid of the man who brought deliverance. They're not afraid to live with the devilish man. They're not afraid to live with the, de the demonic man. They're not afraid to live with the naked man. They're not afraid to live with the perverted man. But they are scared to death of the righteous man. That ought to give us insight tonight of who is on the right side and who's not. Who is living in sanity and who is living in insanity. They, they, will, they will create a cause for the demoniac of Gadara. Uh, they, will, they will create a disease uh, and name it after him uh, and, and, and say, bless his heart, we need to help him. Uh, and, and, and they'll buddy up with him, but the righteous Savior, they'll try to run him out of town. Uh, if only they knew that Jesus came to save this man of Gadara. If only they knew that Jesus came to change him. Uh, and no doubt he did and he still does tonight. Uh, don't, don't, don't be so naive this evening. Let me just talk to you. We're gonna finish reading and pray. Don't be so naive to get on board with every pathetic political bandwagon that comes along trying to, uh, trying to uh, desensitize uh, the, the effects of, of sin and label it something other than what it is. Uh, we have made victims out of everybody in America. Everybody's a victim. Everybody suffers from victimhood. And the majority of all of our problems is really this one simple word, S-I-N, sin. Sin brings a whole lot of things that would not be had it not been. I understand there's real issues. I understand there's things people deal with. I understand there's things that people face. But most of our problems in our life are an effect of sin compiled upon sin, upon sin, upon sin, until our minds are absolutely distorted from truth. That's the truth. Uh, Jesus can make your mind change. Jesus can change your mind. Jesus can make you think right if you'll let him. Uh, what's, what verse are we in? Verse number uh, 18. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Let's stop reading there and pray tonight. Heavenly Father, would you help us for just a little bit this evening? God, give me... Uh, give me the wisdom I need. Give me the unction I need. Give me the strength I need to preach, God, to your people. I pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts, convict us, and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. I, I want to uh, continue tonight in a thought or in a direction uh, that I have been preaching since the beginning of the year. Uh, the Lord, uh, uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, uh, impressed upon my heart uh, to talk to you and us uh, as often as possible about some things that are uh, notoriously known of Christians, some things that Christians do that really the rest of the world don't do. They don't have maybe the ability to do it because it is something that is known of Christians. Uh, and this is not to say that every Christian does these things, uh, but that Christians ought to do these things, that Christians have the ability to do these things. Uh, one of them that we've dealt with for weeks now, and we'll continue, we're not done, uh, is Christians pray. Uh, and uh, there's a whole lot of people that are not Christians that pray to a whole lot of false gods, to pray to a whole lot of idols. But Christians are known in the word of God for praying. And we ought to be known in our community, we ought to be known in our family, we ought to be known in our church uh, that those people pray. Uh, they will call on the name of the Lord. Uh, they'll pray. I, I had a neighbor uh, stop by my house. Uh, I met him in the driveway. I was headed down my driveway. He was headed uh, out because he had gone down to the house and I wasn't there. I passed him in the driveway we began to talk, rolled down the window, and he shared with me uh, his brother had passed away. I told you about it uh, Sunday, and I, I said, "Let me let me pray with you." Got out of the uh, out of the vehicle, uh, wrapped my arm around him, and prayed with him uh, sincerely, genuinely, uh, that God would comfort him, that God would help him, that God uh, would do something for him. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't know what to say. You don't you don't have a reason why it happened. Uh, but I can talk to God and ask God to help uh, in the situation that has happened. Uh, uh, Christians pray, uh, and, and we ought to be known by that. Crossroads Baptist Church ought to be known uh, that over there those people pray. Uh, we have talked about fasting a little bit last Wednesday night. Uh, things that Christians do. I, I preached on giving and tithing. Those are things that Christians do. Things that you can do in your life. Uh, uh, we, we all want to know uh, what can I do now that I'm saved what can I do and there's a whole long list everybody's got of what you ought not to do and there are things that you ought not to do anymore now that you're saved uh, but nobody ever wants to talk about what can I do what can I do and, and, and that's what the Lord has put in my heart what you can do as a Christian uh, I find a man in our text uh, that has Never lived a Christian life. I find a man in our text that is uh, uh, as, uh, as much of an infant Christian uh, as you'll find anywhere. He is literally, I, I don't know this tonight, but I can imagine the life that he's lived uh, that he has not been brought up in church. Uh, I do not think that he grew up playing under the pew uh, uh, of an independent Baptist church. I, I, I do not think that he went to uh, 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 the Christian academy of his local New Testament church. I, I do not believe tonight uh, that he was brought up uh, in a Christian environment or in a Christian world. Uh, I believe he was the 
Uh, and if you study his, his background, the gatherings, uh, you can take them all the way back to the Old Testament uh, where men, uh, instead of going over uh, into the promised land, they decided to camp and make a life on the other side of the river, never having entered into the promises of God. And now he is a descendant of that. He is born uh, of a family that stopped short of the blessings of God, that did not enter into the promises of God in their life. And if you think tonight that you can get by with what you're doing, uh, the truth of the matter is, is we cause people behind us to suffer by our decisions that we make today. Uh, he, he, he has no idea. And yet God saves him and something happens because when Jesus saves people, Jesus changes their life. And when he saved him, this man comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, let me go with you. I know your disciples are going with you. Let me get on the boat with you and go be one of your disciples. Let me go into the ministry. Let me be a preacher. Let me go with you and live with you and serve you and, and do whatever it is that you're doing. That's what I want to do. And here's what Jesus tells him. No, you can't go with me, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to tell the world what I did for for you. That is something that you and I can do tonight. You can go home and tell the world what Jesus has done for you. Uh, I never find in our text where Jesus called him to preach. I never find in our text where Jesus sent him to the mission field as a missionary, as you and I would understand that or send folks. I never find in our text where the Lord gave him any kind of a ministry that you and I would say, oh, now he's in the ministry, now he can go serve the Lord. But what the Lord Jesus did do is he said, you don't have to go with me. You don't have to get on this boat. You don't have to be a preacher, but you can go home and you can tell what I have done for you. And I'm gonna tell you tonight, one of the greatest things that you can do in your Christian life is everywhere you go, tell what Jesus has done for you. You say, preacher, I want to serve God. I want to live for God. Then make it a habit of telling what Jesus has done for you. Uh, you will dry up if you don't make it a consistent part of your life to tell what Jesus is. I don't know what it is tonight, but there is something about sharing the gospel message. There is something about sharing the love of the Lord Jesus. There is something about telling some poor sinner what Jesus did for you, he can do for them, that does something to you that nothing else in this world will do. We ought to pray, hadn't we? We ought to be known that we pray. We ought to read our Bible, shouldn't we?
We ought to be known that we read our Bible. But oh, listen to me tonight, we ought to tell. Tell what Jesus did. Tell what Jesus did for you. Some of you are waiting on a ministry and you don't have to wait on a ministry tonight because God's already gave you one the very moment that he saved you. Some of you are waiting on a calling and you don't have to wait on a calling tonight because God already gave you one the very moment he saved you and that is this, go tell them what I did for you so you, I, they can have it done for them. Go tell. Christians tell. They tell, they witness of what the Lord has done. There's three uh, things I wanna give you tonight. There's three uh, questions uh, that, that I believe are answered in our text. Uh, simple thought, uh, I'll give it to you as quickly as possible. Uh, the first question that would be answered in our text tonight is, if Christians tell, what do we tell? What do I tell others? Uh, would be one of the questions that we'd answer. Um, and here's the reason why. This man does not know about the doctrine of the Trinity. Huh? I, this man does not know about the history of the Baptist church. This man is not going to be able to lecture you uh, or talk to you uh, about all the debates of society, about all of the debates of, of even the word of God. And, and I, I, there's no debate in my heart tonight. I thank God for my King James Bible. But, but you might want to know about some of that if you're going to you know, enter into conversation with someone. But he, he, he don't know that. He don't know all of the, of the debates or the arguments. Uh, he, he does not know all that there is to know about the gospel or, 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 or this Christ that is headed to a cross. At this point in his life, Jesus has not yet been there, but he's headed there. He does not know the truth of the word of God. So what does he tell? See, if you've got to go to Bible college tonight to be able to tell somebody uh, it's going to be a long time. And I'm not knocking Bible college. I went, I appreciate it. But Jesus never said you had to go to Bible college to tell. If you've got to read your Bible completely before you can tell somebody something, it's going to take you a little while after you get saved to read this book all the way through. If you've got to, if you've got to graduate a Sunday school class before you have the ability to tell anything, you're going to not be telling anything for a long time. But according to the Word of God, Jesus never said sign up for this or go get this or do that. He said, "Here's what I want you to tell. Go tell them just what I did for you." Now I can tell that. I can't tell you why he came. I can't tell you. I can't tell you all of the things that went on in his coming. I can't tell you all that happened. There's a lot I still don't know, but I can tell you what he did for me. I can take you back to a night where Jesus showed up in my life and saved me. I can tell you what happened to me. Amen. What do we tell? We tell what we know. We tell what we know. 
Jesus said, no, I don't want you to get in the boat with me. No, I don't want you to go with us. I don't want you to go be one of my disciples with me. We've got that covered, but here's what we do want you to do. He said, when he was coming to, or verse, uh, verse 19, how bit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them, here's what you tell them, the great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on the, he said, go tell them about how I changed you and go tell them about my compassion. And I'm gonna tell you something tonight. If you don't know anything else, but you know Jesus saved you. If you don't know anything else, but you know Jesus changed you. If you don't know anything else, but you know I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but Jesus came and found me. If if you know that, you know enough to tell some poor searching sinner that is looking for help and an answer that what he did for me, he can do for you. I, I, I can hear the man say, as it goes home, hey, y'all remember me? Y'all remember me? I was naked. Y'all remember me? But now I'm clothed. Y'all remember me? I was running through the tombstones and living in the graveyard. Now I have a home. Y'all remember me? I was bound in fetters and chains and broke them off. But now there's no need of any of that. I'm free. And I'm free by the grace of God. And I can hear somebody say, what in the world happened to you? And I know he would say something like this. Well, there was a day that a man named Jesus walked into my world and he set me free. He changed me. I don't know how he did it. I don't know why he did it, but I know that he did it and I bless his name. Oh, that's all you need to know. Well, I would tell people about Jesus, but I just don't know what I'd say. Start with what he did for you. What did he do for you? Talk about how he changed you. Talk about how he had compassion towards you. Oh, I, I, I think tonight what, what compassion it was that Jesus loved me. What compassion it was that Jesus took me and saved me and changed me and was kind to me. I, I, I don't know, I don't know what all to tell folks, but that's a good starting place. You, you, you know, uh, you, you don't have to separate from your friends after you get saved. Not if you'll do this. We hear people all the time say stuff like this. Oh boy, now you got God saved you. Now you need to quit running with them boys you was running with. And I guess there's probably some truth to that, but here's the deal. You don't have to do anything but tell what Jesus has done for, for you and they will drop you. You don't have to, you don't have to sit down, hey boys, I love y'all, but I'm gonna quit running with y'all. Just sit down and say, hey boys, let me tell y'all what Jesus did for me. And either they'll want it too, or they'll say, he lost his mind. Let's, let's, go, let's go where they're having fun. Let's go, let's go where they're doing something else. We ain't running with him no more. But you know what I found? God will give you a new crowd to run with. God will give you a new crowd to join up with. Is anybody glad tonight you got a new crowd? I, listen, I love my old crowd. I want God to save them, but I'm glad tonight I got a new crowd. And I got a crowd of folks that knows exactly what Jesus did for them as well. Go tell it. Go tell it. 
You don't have to be called to preach. You don't have to get a, 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 a Bible college degree. Tonight you can walk out of these doors and you can go home and you can go tell. What do we tell? We tell what we know. Who do we tell? It's also a question that's answered in our text. Who do we tell? Uh, again, I, I want to say to you tonight, uh, there's, there's a lot of folks saying, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll, I'll go to Argentina if you want me to. And that's a good mentality to have. Y'all probably ought to say something like that to the Lord. Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll, I'll go to Alaska, I'll go to Argentina, I'll go to Africa, I'll, I'll go to Ukraine or Russia, I'll go wherever you want me to go, Lord, and I'll be a missionary if you call me. Uh, almost as if you're waiting on God to tell you who to go tell. But I'm going to tell you tonight, you already know who to go tell. He said, go home. And it didn't just mean to his house, though that was implied. But go home. He's got a hometown. He's got a home state. He's got a home country. Go home. Go home. Go home. And tell thy friends what I've done for you. See, this business of telling tonight... You don't have to know everything there is to know. Just tell what God did for you. Tell what Jesus did for you. But in this business of telling tonight, you don't have to wait on God to give you a specific group of individuals or a nation of individuals to go tell when God has put you in a home, God has put you in a family, God has put you in a town, God has put you in a country that is your home and you can go home and tell whoever will listen to you. Go tell your family. Let me ask you a question tonight. I mean just point blank question. Uh, you got family? How many of them tonight, if you, if you just had to guess, and don't guess out loud, but in your heart, they don't know Jesus, they're desperately, hopelessly lost. And if they were to die tonight, they would die in their sin and go to hell. Well, that's a good place to start, going and telling. Shouldn't that be a sobering thought tonight? They're getting older every passing day. I, I remember tonight uh, as a boy growing up, uh, my, my uh, childhood friend's father was a part of our family. He was a part of our friendship to the point of it was family. I remember uh, oftentimes as a kid talking to him uh, about the Lord. He would take me hunting. And, and I remember one time we went to uh, South Georgia uh, near Warner Robins and, and we were going hunting for about three days. And, and uh, he took me and there was another gentleman that went with us and I was just a boy, probably 14. And, uh, and, and we, we drove down there and went hunting. And I remember talking to him uh, about his soul. Uh, and he, he didn't... He didn't, uh, he'd never expressed any kind of knowledge of Christ. As a matter of fact, tonight he pretty much denied it. Uh, I remember years ago I was, uh, uh, his wife had divorced him and, and he was living with his mother again and I remember I, I went to, I was preaching in, in Chatsworth, Georgia and I was by myself and I drove into Dalton 
had to go visit some folks, and on my way back to Chatsworth on the highway there, I passed by his mother's house, and he was sitting out on the, out on the porch, on, in the carport, sitting out there skinning bones. Um, I remember pulling in, and he was not the man I remembered him as being. He was always strong, but time had caught up with him. See, that's the problem. Time catches up with us. And I remember pulling in there and talking to him, and, and we talked, and I tried to talk to him about the Lord, and, and it got nowhere. And I, I, I said, I, I've got a CD in here of me preaching. I said, can I give this to you, and will you listen to it? And he said, I, I'll, I'll listen to it. He told my mom later, he said, boy, I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate him giving that to, to me. But I never heard of whether he ever got saved. He died a couple years ago. Tonight, I, I hope he got saved. I hope he did. I hope he did. But how many people just like that in your family, you don't think they're going to die tomorrow. You don't think they're going to die today. You think they've got plenty of time. And the truth of the matter is, is we're not promised tomorrow. And God's done something so big for you. And you can't make them accept it. But at least go tell them. At least go tell them. I remember I drove by his house. And I was about 10 minutes down the road. And I was in a hurry to get back because I wanted to take a nap before church that night. Because I was preaching. But the Holy Ghost was preaching to me all the way down the road. This may be the last time you ever see him. Turn around and go talk to him. And I got 10 minutes down the road and I couldn't handle the conviction anymore. I turned around and I come back and pulled in there and I don't know if God saved him. I don't know if on his deathbed he called out on the Lord but I know the message was given to him. I remember I was preaching in uh, in uh, just right up north of Benton, Tennessee which is about 30, 40 minutes from Chattanooga which is where I, my family grew up, close by. <clears throat> my grandma's brother was in the hospital. Uh, and uh, he was going in for just a simple heart surgery. And he was supposed to be done within a couple of days and back out. He was, I say simple, no heart surgery is simple, but it was, it was standard procedure. It was, it was, you know, they'd done it a thousands of times. Uh, or they'd done it thousands of times. It was supposed to be a standard procedure he was going in for. And I remember that, I remember that night, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart, you go, you go talk to him because you don't know if he's a Christian. You go talk to him. I remember I had to get up, his surgery started at like 6 or 7 in the morning. I had to get up like 3 o'clock in the morning and drive. And I got up in, from the hotel and I drove to Chattanooga and as the sun was coming up, I got in there and I went in there to his room and his children were sitting in there and they were all weeping and crying. They was nervous and he was sitting there and, and I, I, remember, uh, I remember talking to him. My grandma came. She was there before she had passed away and uh, my mother's mom. I remember, I remember talking to him and I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, uh, have you ever trusted Jesus as your Savior? So, I said, can I tell you how? He said, no. I remember I told him how. I still, the Lord thrills my soul every time I think about this. I remember I told him how. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants to save you. If you'll call on him, he'll save you. I said, would you do that? He said, no. I said, let's pray. I'm going to pray. I said, I want you to pray. I want you to tell God you're a sinner. Tears began rolling down his face. He's laid already in the bed, prepared for the surgery. And I prayed and he prayed and God saved him. 
What a blessing. He never came home from that hospital. He never walked back out of the doors. He died after that surgery. And there's been and I preached his funeral. He never had a preacher. But in his dying day, God gave him a preacher. I preached his funeral and got to tell his children and his grandchildren and his, and his siblings I was there when God saved him. God saved him. And they wept and worshiped him. And I'm trying to tell you, go tell it. Go tell your family. Go tell your friends. Go tell your neighbor. They're not promised today. They're not promised tonight. They're not promised tomorrow. And if God's done something for you, go tell them what he did for you. Hallelujah. Who do we tell family, friends in our community now? You don't have to wait on God to call you to go somewhere. What do we tell? Who do we tell? Let me close with this tonight. Why do we tell? Well, of course we know this evening because Jesus said so. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. That's a good enough reason tonight just because Jesus said so. Listen, listen, God help us tonight. Uh, our, our, our preachers, uh, you, you want to you wanna, you wanna preach. Um, if, if you're not content to preach to poor lost sinners, you've got to have a pulpit, you've got, you got to have a platform, you got to have a uh, congregation. Oh, me, are y'all hearing me tonight? Be content to preach to some poor lost sinner. And God will make sure you get a pulpit and a platform to preach in. Why do we tell? I, I want you to look tonight, and of course Jesus tells us to, and so that's why we ought to, but uh, uh, Mark chapter 7, two, two chapters over, and I'll be done tonight. Verse 31. Now, did you notice where this man was from? The Lord said in verse 20, Mark 5, and he departed, and he departed this, this demoniac, this once demon-possessed man from Gadara. He departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Now, Mark chapter number 7, verse 31. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf, had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephetah, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were open and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. This man went back to Decapolis, Decapolis and he published. Let me tell you all what Jesus did for me. And the next time Jesus came into Decapolis, somebody had a boy that was deaf and dumb. He said, I have heard what Jesus did for a demon-possessed man. 
If he did it for him, I wonder if he can touch my boy. And you have no idea that when you go tell it, that who you're talking to might tell somebody, they might not even be the ones that get saved, but they might tell somebody that is in need of a Savior. Let me tell you about a place. Let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about a Savior. And whoa, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that we ought to tell it. Christians, tell it, tell it, tell it. Tell it everywhere you go. Tell it at work. Tell it with your family. You ought to look for an opportunity to tell it. People that know you ought to say, well, you can't sit around with them very long and they're going to talk to you about what Jesus did. Do you know what people get sick and tired of? You don't always have to preach. And that's what most of our telling it is. Well, when are you going to quit this drinking? Well, they ought to quit that drinking. That's not what they need to hear tonight. When are you going to quit? I wish you quit talking like that around me. They'll quit talking like that around you when you start talking to them about what you need to talk to them about. Let me tell y'all something. When you begin to tell them. Did I ever write down, did I ever tell you about when the Lord saved me? I mean, that's simple. You're just telling what you know. You don't have to preach at people. You don't have to browbeat people. You don't have to run people down because they don't live up to your spiritual perfection uh, qualities. Uh, listen to me. I believe you ought to live right. I'm not making fun of that tonight. But what people need to, you tell them what Jesus did for you. And if they ever get interested, they'll ask you. And if he does it for them, he'll straighten up all of that business in their life. Just tell them. I have to tell you what Jesus did for me. Have you ever talked to your children and said, have I ever told y'all? How the Lord saved me. You ever talk to your parents that are lost and said, have I ever, ever told you how big of a difference Jesus made? I just want to tell you. I ain't preaching at you. I ain't even going to try to get you to come to church. I just want to tell you. Jesus sure has been good to me. Lord, would you help us to tell it tonight? God, we, we do want to invite people to church, and we ought to. God, we do want to help people out, and we ought to. But, Lord, the greatest thing we can do tonight is tell what you've done for us. The people we work with deserve to know. The people we're families with deserves to know. The people in our community, they deserve to know. Lord, if you could save that demoniac of Gadara, you can save anybody. There's no one you can't save. Lord, we ask you tonight, God, that you would do that, please. God, as you spoke to our hearts tonight, God, may, may we see the faces of individuals in our mind's eye tonight. And God, may we come before you in prayer this evening asking you for strength and wisdom and help as we tell what great things Jesus has done for us. Lord, we thank you tonight for the great things you've done. Oh, what great things you've done. I love you, Lord, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. She's going to play. Let's stand tonight. If the Lord has floated a face in front of your mind, would you come talk to the Lord and ask Him for strength, ask Him for wisdom?